0: Hello, one and all. Thank you for listening to the show. CD, Danny Mac here, bringing you episode 77 of the Undisputed Future Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. 2019 been a rough start as far as keeping things going this year. To nobody's faults but my own and uh, partially the public transit system of the city of New York, because getting from Carmela's kingdom out to Manhattan on the daily five-sevenths of your week, leaving you with only a couple of days to do all that adult stuff that uh, that nobody really wants to talk about, but here it is. It's Friday, January 25th, the eve of NXT TakeOver Phoenix, and the road to NXT TakeOver Phoenix has been a action-packed one, leaving us asking ourselves a series of questions, and they all kind of word like, D-I, why? D-I, what did I just see? And D-I, how is this going to turn out? Of course, I am talking about the tension turned to almost civility, and if some of us didn't know any better, I would say that this is a bit of cooperative play between Tommaso Champa. and and Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa being viewed as a puppet master by the number one contender and former champion Alistair Black, and Johnny Gargano now jumping himself into the North American title picture. Those are the two major headlines when I look at the NXT universe at this very moment, but there's so much stuff to cover, including this brief comment, NXT TakeOver UK Blackpool was a spectacle, just as all NXT takeovers are, and I highly recommend watching it if you have not tuned into that just yet, and are kind of like me, and primarily focused on the NXT North American-based competitors, although all of this being with exception to a new tag team on the rise in the European Union of Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel. But I'm jumping all over the place. Here's the format for the episode today, guys. A little bit change of... A little bit of change of policy, only because I haven't been able to jump behind the microphone each and every week and give you an NXT recap and review. I'm going to break it down to some general NXT thoughts and comments over this past road to NXT TakeOver Phoenix, I want to start things off with my general thoughts on how the most recent batches of NXT call-ups have been used on Raw and SmackDown. Because apparently, appearing on both shows just as a personality, with the exception of Nikki Cross getting some in-ring action in there, um, it's just it's just to let people know that you're there, even if you, you don't jump into a storyline and use your character to the fullest ability, right uh, right away. Yay NXT call-ups to the main roster. All right. Anyway, from there, I'm going to start the takeover review process. I want to break down how we got to each and every single matchup on the card. And uh, here we go. Raw and SmackDown have been interesting and filled with background characters as of late. The most notable and kind of reminded me of and of course this might be because I just recently listened to his audiobook, a Chris Jericho coming back and not saying a word, and just letting all the facial expressions and body language, and the occasional obnoxious over-the-top squeal, which we haven't heard out of, of course I'm talking about EC3, kind of looking like, and I've read this comparison before, I can't take complete credit for it, but I do agree, a Lex, Luth- a Lex Luger... Light. Try that one five times fast. It's a real bit of a tongue twister when you're as fatigued as I am. Lex Luger Light, kind of an insult to EC3's in-ring ability, and his character is, and preferably, and hopefully, will be something as a major player when he does get some time on the microphone. We have seen EC3 a number of times on WWE television, folks, but we've heard the top one percent theme song a total of 0 times and right now that's the biggest biggest qualm i have with his on screen time but not bad to project the kind of confidence that we expect out of the man who once called this very show nx3 and those of us who do know his past work, we do know that the EC3 character is all about that pompous and confidence and doing it non-verbally. He's doing it well, and I, look, I just look forward to... I want mic time for EC3. I want to hear that theme bump through some main roster speakers in a major stadium, not just at a takeover event. Moving on to a call-up that I am very excited about. In the tag team division, I'm talking about the most recent number one contenders to the Undisputed Era's titles in Heavy Machinery, Otis Dozovic and Tucker Knight taking the main roster a little bit by storm in the comedy development, but of course we all expect that from Big Doe's Macho Man influence is getting elevated to the very top here. And uh it's it's well worth it. It's working out so far. I'm enjoying what Otis brings to the table. We did see them in action. I do apologize. I kind of kinda of losing track with how far behind I am on the show, but that's nobody's fault but keeping my own personal schedule intact. Tucker Knight and Otis Dozovic debuting in the ring against the Ascension and how the Mighty Have Fallen from NXT example Right there in the very reference to Victor and Connor. Heavy Machinery debuting in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma with blue collar solid in big bold letters. It's It, it feels right. It does. It feels right. But right now the usage also feels right as a comedy act. And we've seen how carried away Raw and or Smackdown writing can be when it comes to the comedy acts that are very highlighted and very good at it, and uh, as big men, strong men, bulldozing characters, and in-ring competitors, Tucker Knight and Otis Dozovic really bring something to the table that I look forward to seeing, and a really reinvigorated rivalry on Raw against Akam and Rezar, the authors of Pain. Let's talk about the ladies a little bit. Lacey Evans, might as well start with the lady of the Raw roster as it appears at the moment. Lacey Evans kind of getting a stereotypical Southern Belle aura to her sipping on sweet tea and watching the television at a weird angle. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm one of those people who complains about that online, so I know I'm not the only one out there. Shout out if you're feeling the same way. But Lacey Evans able to speak out on Raw during a moment of bliss and either intentionally or unintentionally or just the natural reaction based off of the immediate announcement of Alexa Bliss being cleared to compete and Lacey Evans' timing and the way she worded her opening promo on Raw, it's... And by opening, I, of course, mean the opening of her main roster career. I don't know. It doesn't feel like an unintentional babyface turn for Alexa Bliss. We obviously out there want to cheer for Alexa Bliss, but the cheerleader, snobby, holier-than-thou aura kind of radiates from Bliss as well. But Lacey Evans, tall, blonde, mean, willing to offer you a wicked, Women's rights. I'm looking forward to seeing what she does on Sunday in the women's Royal Rumble match. I actually have high hopes for Lacey Evans in that match to make it to, let's call it the final 10. I can't place any bets too safe, and I kind of wanted to place a top 5, but it's really that I'm going to go with a safe, a little bit of buffer zone in a top 10, based on, of course, where anybody gets picked, because. It's the Royal Rumble and it's chaos and we like to say anything can happen, blah, 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 etc. Let's move on to a woman who is overdue in some people and by some people I mean me and hopefully not just talking about myself. Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross, I feel, would have been reunited with Sanity sooner if she wasn't such a major and key and brilliant player in the Who Shot Mr. Burns parody Esque storyline of who injured Alistair Black in the parking lot of Full Sail University. Obviously, we know this now as Johnny Gargano. Johnny Wrestling is dead. Johnny Venom Symbiote is alive. I'll get to more of that later on. But Nikki Cross way overdue in joining her brethren in sanity. We've seen her compete on SmackDown and on Raw. People have a feel for how good she is, not just character and entrance, but how good she is in the ring as well. And Nikki Cross would complete that Sanity package. Let's get her reunited with her brethren. Let's give Sanity a fresh coat of paint. And let's see the chaos that we have all craved since Sanity's been called up to SmackDown Live. Lots more thoughts on Nikki Cross, I'm sure, brewing around in my head somewhere, but I'm trying to get to the TakeOver stuff, honestly, as quickly and concise as possible. I know my audience out there is probably enjoying this during their commute. Where are we? EC3, Heavy Machinery, Lacey Evans, Nikki Cross, and the monster that lurks in the shadows, and honestly, I hope is doing way better than the, the day before. If you know anything about this backstory, Lars Sullivan is in a neither seen nor heard mental health related. Last I checked, if anybody wants to reach out to me on the social media and correct me if I'm wrong, but these are the last things I recall reading. Lars Sullivan, not in a great spot mentally. Maybe it is a lot of pressure, the situation that they want to boost him right into. Stress affects everybody. We're all human out there, but let's go. Let's drift away into a little bit more positivity on it. Lars Sullivan has, of course, that ideal Vince McMahon look of a large man with large hands, big biceps, and hopefully this is also a redeeming point, a pretty good vocabulary. And if you've listened to me before, you've heard me preach about it. I want to see a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde sort of aura added To the Lars Sullivan character. It seems to be projected that way. As far as my witness and comparison to on NXT television. But I'm really hoping we start to see more emphasis. And that continues to be a continuing track on his career. We've had enough monsters where it's just I'm big and I'm scary. And maybe I have somebody talking for me so that I don't need to strain myself and, you know, I'm big and I don't need to talk because monsters are supposed to be tougher than they are smart. No. We have the hybrid when it comes to Lars Sullivan. Give the man a microphone, let him act one way behind the mic, poised, confident, eloquent, and then let's see this monster absolutely destroy any man that is set in front of him, of course, until he is probably fed to John Cena although they might be done doing that prove me wrong on that please I'm only kind of kidding actually I'm I'm mostly kidding John Cena has well surpassed the respects slash mark despise for him I mean I'm, I'm 27 I really don't have time to not like a guy because he's improved his move set over the past number of years and has granted more wishes than anybody else as somebody who likes to donate to St Jude's Children's Hospital it's uh yeah John Cena is a good human being but hopefully he doesn't feast on the Leviathan Lars Sullivan too soon on the main roster and hopefully I'm just entirely wrong about Lars's future opponents on the main roster maybe we'll get a swerve and a surprise and a big man versus big man rivalry with I'd say Bobby Lashley would be an interesting competitor, but I see that heel versus Monster Heel thing. Lashley has the IC title. I don't see Lars jumping up that quick. Maybe jump the Big Show back in for a boost rivalry. It kind of seems to be the repeated passing of the torch vis-a-vis Braun Strowman as of most recently. But let's get done talking about Raw and SmackDown. Give me your thoughts on the most recent batch of call-ups It kind of is old news, but I'm going to jump ahead and say, give me your thoughts on who you think their first rivalry will be, and if their rivalry gets announced before you happen to check out this episode, give me your thoughts on any one of their most recent and first rivalries on Raw or SmackDown, respectively. Let's talk TakeOver. Let's do it. General outlook on NXT can uh, can wait till the end. I know what you guys are listening for, and I know what I'm doing later on tonight. I have my what seems to be a tradition that I'm very much looking forward to in the Big Four pay per view scheme. I'm talking about the NXT Takeover Phoenix predictions show with Mister Warren Hayes. Follow him at Mister Warren Hayes, M R Warren Hayes. Uh, we're gonna be live streaming on YouTube, so take a look for that link, I'm gonna be sure to share it on the Twitter, but without further ado, let's jump right into the predictions, and I wanna start off with the main event, but Danny, why? Tommaso Ciampa versus Aleister Black, the whole big thing with that is that Tommaso Ciampa finally gets to brag that Aleister Black's in an NXT title match in the main event of a pay-per-view, and... That pisses him the hell off. Wow, well, a very quotable line from this rivalry. This rivalry is the catalyst for Johnny Gargano's match during TakeOver Phoenix against the North American champion, the one and only Ricochet. Tommaso Ciampa feels like a broken record sitting in these dark, desolate rooms by himself, talking to a wall or a computer screen or a smartphone. Or his dog, or whatever he happens to be talking to. God damn, what's what's that like, I wonder, sitting here doing that exact thing. Hi, Colin. Sorry, who was I talking about? Tommaso Ciampa, the Puppet Master, a very apt and accurate nickname deemed to the NXT champion by Aleister Black, would manipulate not just his way out of difficult situations but also the mind of his former tag team partner in Johnny Gargano in the future North American championship match. But th- the theme of this rivalry here, folks, was Alistair Black was instigating this early fight the entire time, just waiting for this coward mm. to lurk out of the shadows and stop talking to himself and stop interfering in anybody else's affairs and just focus and fight him. Now, granted, Tommaso Ciampa has always been in the mindset of getting around Aleister Black, but through manipulation and pulling the strings of Johnny Gargano. The rivalries for this North American Championship and the NXT Championship have run parallel this entire road, and it's been my favorite part of this TakeOver build. Two former members of DIY, Just at each other's throats, going for two separate championships, yet managing to coexist, no matter how confrontational and controversial it may be. Great. Absolutely great, brilliant writing. I could not get enough of it, and it finally culminates with the two champions meeting their two opponents. It's great stuff, it's just the kind of rivalry that you hope for, but I talked about Tommaso Ciampa, I talked about Alistair Black, I briefly ran over Johnny Gargano, but let's dive a little bit more in to the North American Championship match. Ricochet and Johnny Gargano. Ricochet, this North American Championship, I feel, is really emphasizing the spotlight of Ricochet's coming out as a character and defining himself on the microphone. He's getting the look down. The guy looks like a superstar, moves like a superstar, and is finding his way to talking like a superstar. And he would also be the first one to be the debut victim of Johnny Cheap Shots. Johnny Gargano would take every little cowardice opportunity to super kick and blindside Ricochet, yet still convince himself and some members of the NXT audience, I mean myself included, but stay tuned for the NXT Predictions show for more on that, but Johnny Gargano, let's set everything aside, good actions, bad actions, this is a new, more cunning side of somebody who we always saw play straight by the book, to the T, let's Fight a wrestling match and follow the rules and everything is great. Let's undoubtedly cheer. But we hear the uproar of Johnny failure in the more recent weeks. The booing, the confrontation with Ricochet, the shortening Ricochet to Rick. And when you give somebody a ballsy nickname, that means that your attitude is starting to change. That ends... Growing a beard while going through a heel turn—that's a—that uh, seems to be two of the big giveaways on this. Anyway, Ricochet versus Johnny Gargano—it's been shaped by Johnny wanting this title, wanting to prove that wins and losses and championships are the only thing he's going to focus on, are the only things on his minds, and he will get to this status and possibly maintain this status through any means necessary. And that may even include a post-face-to-face interaction, a blindsided attack on Aleister Black and Ricochet to take us home on this road to do it. Gargano and Champa getting along. Give me your thoughts. It's the hottest angle going, in my not-so-humble opinion, in all of pro wrestling. What is going on? Is there a plan in all of this? Is Johnny Gargano feeding into this as an imitation of character, as some sort of flattery, to put the thought of Johnny challenging Champa for that championship out of his mind again? I don't know where it's going to go, but I definitely want to check it out. NXT TakeOver Phoenix highlighted by two major championship matches with two of the DIY members. And this has been just about year to the day that I saw Johnny Gargano and Andrade Cien Almas. Yes, I will insist on repeatedly calling him Andrade Cien Almas, especially after what's happened on SmackDown. Tear the house down at the Wells Fargo Center. At NXT takeover Philadelphia. And a very, very real possibility for match of the weekend again is Ricochet versus Johnny Gargano for that North American Championship. And of course, Alistair Black getting his long-awaited rematch for the NXT World Championship. You've heard my arguments for that designated title before. Black challenges Champa for the rights. To Goldie, although I don't think the NXT Championship will maintain such a uppity and cheery nickname when in the hands of the Dutch destroyer. Let's take things down to the Kingdom of Bros. The Kingdom of Bros where the natty light flows and the green recreational activities are are highlighted. Okay, Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle, Cassius Ono, at it again. This rivalry does not seem to end just when you think it was going to be. Okay, Matt Riddle comes in strong. NXT takeover. Knocks out Ono in the shortest knockout victory in NXT history. Cassius Ono gets one over. He puts on this low-blow Shinsuke Nakamura imitation on Keith Lee, and he gets inside the head of Matt Riddle just before NXT TakeOver Phoenix and a rematch. I don't know how long this rivalry is going to go. I don't know how long Cassius Ono is going to maintain his status in NXT. Right now, he's where I I lovingly compare him to an NXT Tyler Breeze. The strong character... The great matches, but the gatekeeping role for the new stars. Let's point to the NXT number one contender match of Tyler Breeze versus Finn Balor. King of Bros versus Oh No. Cassius Ono still trying to break William Regal's shiny new toy, breaking friends like the miraculous voice of Keith Lee in the process. And Matt Riddle. While he may have a calm and inviting and laid-back demeanor, the man is a mixed martial artist. He knows his way around a submission hold. He made a guy with the first name punishment tap out. Need I say more? I could say more. Stay tuned for my predictions. Matt Riddle vs. Cassius Ono going to be a hard-hitting affair Two guys already kind of familiar with each other on the NXT scene ends in the past that I'm probably not supposed to mention, but I have a feeling it's going to be a dark horse match. It's going to be, I don't know how you can, how this match can be better than expected because I do expect it to be very good. It's going to be one of those matches that does a lot with the time it's allotted. Let's put it that way. Matt Riddle. King of Bros vs. Cassius. Oh no. That big dramatic transition into this next segment was brought to you by the fact that I need to simultaneously eat as I'm doing this episode. Shifting gears into tag team action. That's right, I'm going to close this TakeOver special with the ladies of NXT. Well, the now ladies of NXT. I already got done talking about Lacey Evans. Let's talk tag team action. The War Raiders. Hanson and Rowe taking on the Undisputed Era, who we now know are seemingly almost permanently being represented by Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong, at least this title around. Granted, they were the team to win the titles, the Freebird rule being what it may, and my strong stance that Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish should be the strong and represented tag team, no pun intended, little bit intended. Okay, I totally meant to say the strong part of the tag team without featuring Roderick Strong is Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly because they have the outside experience. But what we know from NXT is all we're supposed to know about these superstars. And right now, we have seen great things and successful title defenses from Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong. But this... This is another big team for them. This is... Almost another Authors of Pain sort of standing in their way. And Authors of Pain have not brought the agility that the War Raiders do. And while the Authors of Pain brought that same degree of strength... And maybe just just the tad bit more of ruthlessness... Or at least they had the direction of their ruthlessness instigated by Paul Ellering. Ellering, a major factor in the NXT Tag Team title run of the Authors of Pain and their subsequent defenses and chases for those titles. And still, Undisputed Era, able to outsmart their opponents. No matter their size, these guys are thinking constantly, chopping down the trees, busting at the kneecaps of the larger opponents, and the submission game and the technical expertise of Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly... ...cannot be overstated or undersold. K.O.R., jiu-jitsu practitioner and expertise in... I hate this term, but I also love this term when there's really no other way to describe an athlete... ...a strong background in mixed martial arts, Roderick Strong, very veteran wrestler... ...and a technical expert in his own right, and this piled on with the attitude... That the Undisputed Era has brought out in him. Made him an entirely different competitor. Than we first seen in his early NXT tenure. So War Raiders and Undisputed Era. The road that brought them here. Is kind of just one that's continued from war games. Heavy machinery. Little bit of a practice run. I suppose in the larger opponents category. Keeping them thinking on their feet. Them being the Undisputed Era. And War Raiders refined and retooled since their injury. War Games took a lot out of competitors, some more than others. War Raiders getting the proper amount of rest, critical in a comeback. Can they come back in a major championship position, in a scene that the Undisputed Era has seen and overcome before? And last, but not least, actually that's L E A S. See, that doesn't quite work here with what I was shooting for. Bianca Belair versus Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Championship at NXT TakeOver Phoenix. If this rivalry has done nothing else, it's made Bianca Belair look like a star and a threat and a big deal in the NXT Women's Division. She's getting that sort of Sasha Banks... Finally, coming into her own as the boss character, Bianca Belair understands and, quite frankly, seems very natural at the kind of confidence that she is projecting. First, winning the Fatal 4-Way between Io Shirai, Lacey Evans, and Mia Yim, three really strong competitors, may Young Classic competitors. Lacey Evans, an NXT veteran at the time. Belair beat some of the BEST in the division to get to Baszler. But Shayna... The day Shayna Baszler feels or looks threatened is going to be quite a marvel in NXT. Yes, we've seen her look shocked and maybe a little shaken up. At the killer Kyrie instinct, but the confidence and this projection that Bianca Belair has, Shayna feels like everybody is the same size when they're down on the ground, choked out, and tapping out. And Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir are standing by her side, feeling the exact same way. But Bianca Belair has had a breakout year. She's beaten Nikki Cross. She sent Nikki Cross out of NXT, up to the main roster. Getting a final victory like that to continue the undefeated streak is a big deal. Can't dispute that. She's tough. She's probably the strong guest. But is the strength going to matter if... Baszler knows how to take her down. Baszler is quick. She'll take your leg to get to your arm or your neck. Shane is not questioning the ability. But she might be questioning the ring intelligence to this match. But Bianca Belair vows that she has strong arms to hold that title above her head. And Belair, right now, might have the psychological advantage and is ballsy, as that may be, it might not have been the wisest decision to slap Shayna Baszler, just days removed from your NXT Women's Championship match. So Belair versus Baszler—it's a battle of confidence. It's really technique versus strength. The last undefeated streak we've seen going into an NXT Women's title match. Was Oscar versus Bailey, so this is a landmark match. It is one to watch. Does the streak continue? It's always a fun angle when attacked correctly in professional wrestling. It's very few times when it's somebody you can't take seriously just by looking at him. Although, Bo Dallas's streak on the main roster does raise some eyebrows to that point. Bianca Belair, the streak of the EST against the NXT Women's Championship, against the first-ever two-time NXT Women's Champion, the submission magician, queen of spades, Shayna, the bully, Baszler. The bully is a self-imposed nickname by yours truly. All right timely summary for NXT TakeOver Phoenix. Thank you guys for listening to that portion of the show. Just kind of a quick glance and final thoughts on each match. Tommaso Ciampa versus Aleister Black for the NXT title. Aleister Black has a chip on his shoulder looking to get his redemption over Tommaso Ciampa. It's going to be vicious. It's a fierce physical as much as psychological rivalry. Black has been fiending for his rematch and He will not take this opportunity lightly. Johnny Gargano versus Ricochet. Hey, I think I've said all that needs to be said on this match. Match of the weekend, early call, but I have a strong feeling that it can be a very accurate one. Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ono, another undefeated streak at risk. Ono has a strong strike rivalry over Cassius followed by another one as competitive as that second matchup was. I don't know. I still don't think Cassius has learned his lesson. I really think Matt Riddle has a good shot in this one. It's going to be as hard-hitting of a strike match. And I'm actually going to make a bold call and say maybe Cassius Ono breaks out some sort of submission to counter the style of the King of Bros. NXT Tag Team Championship match. Undisputed Era, represented by Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong taking on Harry Hansen and Rampaging Row of the War Raiders. Psychological breakdown? Yeah, Undisputed Era might be a little bit worried. Physical breakdown? Yeah, War Raiders are quite bigger than Strong and O'Reilly. But technique and ground game and in-ring intelligence and outside factors... That might be named Adam Cole, Bebe, and Bobby Fish. Anything can happen in an NXT Tag Team Championship match. One thing that is for sure, and there's only a couple things that are certain in life. Death, taxes, and the fact that an NXT Tag Team Championship match will have a double submission. Somehow all four guys get laid out in the center of the ring spot. Even in the NXT UK Tag Team Championship matchups. Last but not least, NXT Women's Championship. It's the streak of the undefeated Bianca Belair and the submission magician, first ever two time NXT Women's Champion Shayna Baszler. It's strength versus submission ability. It's going to be a great match. I mentioned that historic landmark. We haven't seen this since Asuka was running through the ranks and getting that NXT Championship opportunity. Does the streak end or does Shayna Basgler continue to prove that she is the evil queen of this division? couple other side thoughts here on NXT TV and somebody who should never be a side thought, never be an afterthought, always had the ambiance and spotlight on them is the Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream promising us week after week after week big things to come for him. In 2019, I don't doubt that at all. 2017, we learned him. 2018, we grew to love him. And 2019, I'm hoping we see that man as a future champion. Throwing his name in the hat for the North American Championship. Adam Cole, the first ever inaugural North American Champion, taking issue with this. And we got to see a very entertaining match of Bobby Fish versus Velveteen Dream during the Go Home episode for Takeover Phoenix. And if there's one match I can highly recommend on this Road to Takeover Phoenix that you go back and watch, well, it may not affect the Takeover Phoenix card or any of those rivalries or competitors. Dream versus Fish, great match, and Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream is a rivalry to look out for post. TakeOver Phoenix on the road to WrestleMania and NXT TakeOver New York, aka NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 5, although not really sure where to go with with that tagline at the moment. Everything else, the tag team division looks to be in growing shape. Street Profits looking hot with a quick win over the Metro Brothers. The Forgotten Sons take an issue with that, and apparently Full Sail forgot about them, but me, as a longtime Sons of Anarchy fan, did not forget about the Forgotten Sons. I will say this about those guys, uh, they're not former Evolve Tag Team Champions like you boys in the Street Profits, but I do enjoy the tag team chemistry of Steve Cutler and Wesley Blake, a former NXT Tag Team Champion. I do prefer that chemistry and dynamic than watching a Jackson-Riker solo match. And uh, that powerbomb springboard maneuver kind of looks too hard to pull off when he starts facing opponents of his own stature. The most recent European Union and tag team match I recommend watching on the road to TakeOver Phoenix is Fabian Eichner and Marcel Barthel, making me question whether I cover NXT North America. Are these guys going to jump ship to the European world of competing in NXT UK? I don't know where they're going, but they're going to find success. Fun fact, Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel took on Oni Orkin and Danny Burch, and there were a total of four nationalities in that matchup, as well as quite the acrobatic ability from Fabian Eichner, the precision of Marcel Bartel, the ruthless aggression of, of Oni Larkin and Danny Birch, Four nationalities, four very talented guys. Also, I think that European Union nickname might be a cheap shot at Brexit, might be why those two European superstars aren't featured on the NXT UK brand. Tag Team Division, in pretty good shape since the call-up of the Street Profits, call-up of the Street Profits, I wish, call-up of Heavy Machinery, excuse me, Couple ta- a couple teams to look out for. A couple individuals to look out for. Not just on NXT in this man's case, but 205 Live as well. Humberto Calillo, really impressing me as of late, as well as another name that's also taken a little bit of practice to properly pronounce. Dijakovic. Dominic Dijakovic versus Adrian Gjeld happened recently. Two names that are... Quite the pain to pronounce for this podcast host. A lot of guys to keep your eyes out for in that NXT landscape. A lot of live circuit competitors getting the chance to step up with the most recent call up of superstars. Lots of things to look out for, not just on NXT, but NXT UK as well. Something I'm regretting. Just the scheduling and time difference of not being able to tune in at work or download on the network mobily, and I could watch it on my train and ferry commute home. I really want to catch up with the brands, but it might be something I only do brief NXT UK TakeOver reviews for. Obviously not going to get the full chance to do one for TakeOver Blackpool, but it it's an idea I'm kind of rolling with. Um, If you want more NXT coverage, be sure to stick around for, for that, because that might be That might be coming soon. I might have to do a takeover only, but I'm also going to go out of my way to cover it. And hey, I wouldn't be here if I didn't know there was a couple people out there listening. So thank you so much for tuning in to this first episode of 2019. Tried to keep it succinct. Tried to keep it along the formula that you come and expect on this show. Nice clean format. Very excited for Takeover Phoenix and the live predictions show on YouTube with Mr. Warren Hayes possible appearance by Little Hayes, can't quote me on that just yet, but it was a blast last time, and guess what, it was fun the time before that also, so stay tuned, tune in, keep an eye out on the Twitter for that YouTube link, and be sure to follow the Twitter at podcast underscore UF, it's where I'll keep a lot of my social media interaction, it's where I'll give you the NXT lowdown just a matter of minutes before it occurs, it's where you'll get my Raw and SmackDown live tweets as well. I don't try and I, I don't try and live tweet NXT unless it's something I can fit in a spoiler-free. But I love giving opinions on all things pro wrestling, and more importantly, I love interacting with my fellow content creators. So if you're listening to my show, I got your back. in listening to your show, wrestling is freaking excellent. Shout out to everybody in that group on the Twitter. Follow the Instagram at Undisputed Future Podcast All One Word. You'll see various wrestling memes. You'll see pictures of the Velveteen Dog, Colin, who is a Shiba Inu mix. Ban the Korean dog meat trade. Follow the Facebook page, even though I'm not as active as I should be on that. And if this is not your first time listening to me, you uh you know the story of the shortcoming that has come on the Facebook. Um, reach out to me on all forms of those social media. Thank you for listening, no matter what form you may be doing it on, whether that be iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, CastBox, Amazon Alexa, any various podcast platform I may be on that I'm not even certain that I'm on. Thank you for supporting me. I, did, I, wouldn't not, I would not have this show if I didn't know there were just as dedicated NXT fans Willing to take a business card for me or willing to reach out on the internet or willing to just randomly stumble upon me while they're searching for more wrestling content to listen to. Thank you so much guys for tuning in to the first show of 2019, the entire road to NXT TakeOver Phoenix summed up as succinctly as I can. Cannot wait for the NXT TakeOver Phoenix predictions show have a raucous Royal Rumble weekend And I will talk to you sooner than later. Stay safe out there, Team NXT.